Na-miss niyo na bang makinig ng podcast on your commute? Or to get that motivation before you start your day? Magbabalik ang 5 minutes lang with Season 2. Mas exciting, mas nakakakilig, at mas inspiring. Kakasama natin si Nabianca Gonzalez. It will be uncomfortable sometimes when you step out of your comfort zone. Pero you have to like keep pushing the needle. Joelle. My first date was the most perfect rom-com scenario ever, honestly. <laughs> Plus, ang creator ng Home Buddies and Hangout Buddies Communities na si Francis Cabatuando. Sobrang iba pag solo travel. Just like you're in a different place, nobody knows you, and you're just out there to connect with other individuals. At marami pang iba. Let's talk about dating, growing your career, and everything in between. Five minutes lang, where we learn how to navigate life from people who've cracked the code. Available soon on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or kung saan ka man puma podcast. Survey says 9 out of 10 Filipinos approve of how President Duterte is handling COVID-19 and the socioeconomic crisis it has spawned. And for the first time in decades, a team composed exclusively of women has won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako si Inday Espina Varona. It's October 9. Ito ang Teka Teka, Balita para sa mga huli sa balita. Teka Teka, before we proceed, If you're listening to Teka Teka, then chances are you already also know about Puma Podcast. But please be aware that we have also now put Teka Teka on its own channel wherever you podcast. So if you want to binge just the news, please do follow Teka Teka. But continue to follow Puma Podcast because as you know, marami tayong ginagawa na iba pang mga proyekto. Let's talk about those Pulse Asia surveys that came out this week. Really interesting. Una, yung survey on the awareness and performance ratings of top national officials. And next, the performance ratings of the administration in response to COVID-19. Yes, and let's be clear about this. There were two separate surveys, but they are related. Both surveys are getting the public's perception of the president's handling of the health crisis and the related problems coming out of it. At ang taas ng results for President Duterte, 9 out of 10 Filipinos say they approve of President Duterte's performance. 8 out of 10 Filipinos say they have a positive opinion on how government as a whole is handling everything. Kat Ventura called up the president of Strat-based ADR Institute, Dindoman Hit, to have a conversation as to what this all means. I have a working theory that we now have an alternative reality with regards to what is really happening during this pandemic. We see its failure, we see a lot of missteps, but if you analyze, and we have done it in our institute, and we have tracked at least 12 million followers of different groups sharing a different narrative, and that narrative is the president, there's nothing wrong, no failure on his part. Every failure is caused by corrupt officials below. Every failure is at times blamed on failure of local chief executives. If television advertising shaped our political environment when it was introduced and allowed in 2001, social media is where the discourse is happening. And majority of the discourse is being shaped by the narrative of 
the president and his followers. But apart from the influence of media and what people see online, are there other reasons for this very high approval rating? It's really, at the end of the day, surveys are meant to capture perception. In this pandemic, in this continuing health crisis, have we really felt the presence of our president? Not really. We see him at night once a week. So maybe there's something lacking in terms of us being more critical, or maybe media has kept quiet about it, especially with the experience of ABS-CBN. My view is that it's reflective of how the public sees the president, not necessarily the whole entire situation that we're in. And I, in a very light way, could blame media for it. This is the lockdown of March 17. If you thoroughly analyze it, what we see in the morning, what we see in the midday, what we see at evening, is simply government in the news. Media even has given our government free coverage, and they have been able to share their narrative to the public as if the president is doing something. If there's a failure, it's a failure of other government officials. If there's a misunderstanding, it may be a misinterpretation of presidential spokesperson, Roque. I get din though. Because to naman, Rob, since the start of this lockdown in March, what we see in television morning, noon, and nighttime are press briefings of different government agencies, usually hosted by Malacanang and the press office. And it also does not help that reporters' mobility was limited by lockdown restrictions and concerns for their health. When was the last time that Malacanang reporters actually interviewed Rodrigo Duterte? And that question sparks memories of the time when Pierre Nada was banned from covering the president. We remember that, right? And I remember one of those infamous assistant secretaries of communication saying, that's not a restriction to press freedom because you can always cover by looking at the live feed of the palace press office. But that's not what reporters do. They're not there just to take notes. One of the most important tasks of journalism is to ask questions and to get answers from government officials. And President Duterte, the country's highest official, has not made himself available for questioning almost since the start of this pandemic. That's true. But at the same time, one of the insights naman of Ronald Holmes, who heads Pulse Asia, is that they also theorize that Filipinos at the end of the day are not blaming President Duterte for COVID-19 and all the crises that they associate with it. So on the one hand, COVID-19 for some people illustrates problems with how government is handling it. They feel it's falling short. They feel they, it is weak. They feel it was confused in many parts. But a lot of Filipinos are also actually giving President Duterte cover with COVID-19 by saying that in fairness, a lot of these things were not his fault and therefore a lot of the problems, just like anywhere else in the world, are not necessarily to be blamed on him. Now, on to something else, something light. I don't know if you've heard, but this week is World Space Week. And the Philippine Space Agency, yes, we've even had a podcast about them. The Philippine Space Agency held a series of webinars to talk about how our satellites are being used to respond to this health crisis. Nico Bolante tells us more. Robbie, Indai, as you know, the Philippines has its very own space agency, 
It's called Filsa. And we have our own microsatellites on orbit. They've been putting these satellites to use during the pandemic. At hindi lang siguro natin napapansin, but their data and space imaging during the pandemic has been helping the Department of Health and other agencies respond to this crisis. They shared some of the data that they have gathered in the past months in a webinar, and these are just some of the interesting studies that they shared. Let's start with air quality during lockdown. Mark Jason Felix from the Stamina Space Program had an interesting presentation on this. We have seen reports of how the air quality in Metro Manila improved under lockdown. But did you ever ask how air quality could be related to the number of COVID deaths? Next is, we want now to see what's the impact of the air quality um, on the COVID-19 uh, infections, or particularly in the study deaths. Because there are studies that says that long-term exposure uh, on hazardous gases and particulates uh, can cause a detrimental effect in overall health of the citizens. And we saw that there is a co high correlation between the NO2 level in those cities and the corresponding COVID-related deaths and mean fatality rate on those areas. Filsa also monitored the environment during the lockdown. In particular, itong dolomite sand sa Manila Bay. They used satellite images to monitor the white sand na talaga namang kitang-kita in space. And what they saw pretty much confirmed reports saying that dolomite sand is starting to get washed away. As we progress, we can see how the, the area was filled with dolomite sand. And we can use the satellite imagery to track uh, the area uh, of extent of the dolomite sand. We can see on the right area on September 6, that is the, the image of the the dolomite sand area, and we can see on September 14 there, that there is a slight decrease on the overall area of the dolomite sand, and we attribute it possibly to changes in tide and erosion of the area. As we know, there has been a lot of rain lately. This data is available on their website, and it's open to the public. Just go to space.gov.ph slash space data. Maraming salamat, Nico Bolante. Speaking of Space Week. T plus 40 seconds, Falcon 9 successfully lifting off from launch pad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. SpaceX launched uh, its Falcon 9 rocket at Excited Akodit Rob because this rocket carries 60 Starlink satellites. What do they do? They give us better internet access, or they promise that at least. SpaceX said the satellites will help deliver high-speed broadband to areas that do not usually have reliable internet access. This is their fifth attempt to send these Starlink satellites into orbit. They've had to cancel because of poor weather conditions. This time, it was successful. Speaking of news abroad, it is award season for the science community. All week long, the Nobel Committee has been handing out laureates to prestigious men and women for their work in various fields. But what's making news these days are the awardees for the Nobel Chemistry Prize. Raja Aisha has been following the laureates this week. Hi, Robbie and Indai. An all-woman team did in fact make history for their groundbreaking work on the gene-editing tool called CRISPR. Emmanuel Charpentier and Jennifer Doudna have become the sixth and seventh women to receive the Nobel Science Prize since the award started. 
But let's talk a little bit more about what they've accomplished. In a nutshell, the CRISPR technology allows scientists to make changes to the DNA and cells that would allow them to cure genetic disease. Gene editing isn't a new discovery, but let's call the CRISPR technology the version 2.0 of gene editing that is far simpler and cheaper compared to other technologies. Now here's the thing. Emmanuel and Jennifer have been working on the CRISPR technology for 8 years, meaning that it's a pretty young technology and discovery. If you compare this to other Nobel Science Prize winners, the Nobel Committee normally waits at least 20 to 30 years after the discovery. So the reason why CRISPR is such a significant breakthrough in the science community is because it has the potential to do the impossible. Besides transforming medicine, the CRISPR technology enables us to not only treat, but also prevent many diseases. But what makes it controversial and able to do the impossible is how it can be used to change the genomes of our children. A couple of scientists in China attempted this, but received mixed reviews. Some condemned it as premature and unethical, while some thought it could benefit children in the future. Nonetheless, Emmanuel and Jennifer have inspired a new generation of women and girls in science. I hope it will remain as such, but it's reflective of the fact that science becomes more modern and involves more uh, female leaders. And I do hope that it will remain and even develop more in this direction because it's obviously maybe more cumbersome to be uh, a woman in science than being a man in science. Maraming salamat, Raja Aisha. At bago tayong magpaalam, again, nasa balita to, medyo malungkot. But, alam nyo ba kung ano o sino ito? Friends, if you know what we're talking about, message us at our Teka Teka Facebook page. At nahulaan nyo ba ang ating mystery sound in the last episode? Medyo kakaiba yun. That kind of blew my mind, Rob. That's the Milky Way Galaxy, friends. Or at least, what it sounds like after NASA translated their data into sound. They call the process sonification, in other words, putting sound to it or rendering it in sound. And the data they used was the X-ray of the galactic center, the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Follow our page Teka Teka for more news stories and also follow Puma Podcast for more updates on our new podcast. Muli, ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako si Inday Espina Varona. Teka Teka, like Puma Podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or kung saan man kayo Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by executive producer Kat Ventura. It was edited by Mark Casillian. With reports from Nico Bolante and Raha Aisha. Maraming salamat po. Ma- 
magbabalik ang 5 minutes lang with season 2. Mas exciting, mas nakakakilig at mas inspiring. Hi everyone, this is Bianca Gonzalez. Hi everyone, I'm Joel. Hello, I'm Francisca Batuando. At marami pang iba. Let's talk about dating, growing your career, and everything in between. Five minutes long, where we learn how to navigate life from people who've cracked the code. Available soon on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or kung saan ka man puma podcast.